Hey, good morning again. Justin pointed out that I'm wearing black and blue, and that's from yesterday. <laughs> it was pretty hot out there, but uh, we're going to do take a few minutes just to kind of uh, share some of the stuff, and maybe you have a story you want to tell us today. Uh, and Justin, come on up, and he's going to help me out here. And we have a microphone we can bring around to you if you have a story that uh, you want to share, because we all we all see it from different angles, right, and different perspectives. We did not talk about this. <laughs> and our shoes even match, bro. I spend too much time with you. And, uh, but I, you know, from my perspective, um, I think uh, Matt summed it up. You know, thank thank you for every person who who got involved and and served because uh, it was. It was amazing to see, you know, every person who had a little job, a big job, whatever the job was, you just got in there and, and did it, no matter the fact that it was hot. And it was hot. I mean, you know, there was a, a period of time where I was starting to fade. I could feel myself, like, not, not right. And I had to, like, stop and sit down and drink a lot of stuff. And, and then I kind of revived. I had a hot dog, and then I was all good. And... Uh, <laughs> And, uh, but, but, you know, I, you know, I would just kind of walk around and see what was going on. I saw some incredible stuff happening, you know, and, and the, and the kids, you know, you talk to people, uh, you know, this one gal, you know, was sitting at the table, my neighbor, my neighbor came and his wife, and I was sitting with them, talking with them and Sparky came. Yeah. Sparky and his wife were here. And, uh, and, and there was a gal at the table. She said, I've been coming here for eight years. You know, she's not afraid to jump into our conversation. So people look forward to it. And she said her kids, you know, the very next day they start saying, so when's the next festival? <laughs> the very, so today they're asking her, when's the next festival? So, but we, you know, we tried to do something a little bit different. We moved the, the, you know, the slide around. It was more visible, I think, from the street. There's probably there were people stopped and saw that and said, hey, we got to go over there. And, and, you know, but I saw, I saw families serving together. It was beautiful. I saw teenagers, like, doing stuff. Yeah, right on. You know, that, that they were... Yeah. And, and, and people just, you know, uh, just doing whatever they were doing. It was like, hey, this is their focus, you know, and, and doing their thing. And... and uh, that's really what it's all about, you know, serving. And what is, you know, that little part that we play in the body of Christ and do it to the very best of your ability and, and be faithful and show up. That's what we do every Sunday. Uh, we show up and see what God wants to do. Yeah, we, we prepare ahead of time. I prepare. I know sometimes you wonder, does he even prepare? Uh, but I try to. But in the end, unless... And Justin prayed this yesterday. Unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. So we just show up and let God do what God's going to do. And I think he did some incredible, wonderful, wonderful stuff. If, if not in the people who came, but I believe he did in us, right? The family, family here. Justin, what are you, you, you going to say? Ugh. You can use this. Oh, okay. Right. Let me turn it on. There you go. Thanks. Can you hear me all right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, I just want to say thank you to everyone who helped. Those who were not signed up, who jumped in. A lot of people aren't here. We had some people from uh, Pennsylvania. Green, Pennsylvania. They're here today. Um, some people from Maple Root Baptist. We helped them with an outreach that's going to be on October 1st. We helped them last year. We did the puppet show and stuff like that. So a couple of their folks jumped in. So just thank you because... You know, this kind of an event, you can't pull it off without tons of help. And everyone jumps in and volunteers, and it's a huge help. And I just, there are a few people that jumped in last minute for things I needed, so I really appreciate that. And, you know, the Bible talks about being soldiers for Christ. And when you're a soldier of Christ, you're not, you know, entangled with the affairs of the world. And God is about the good news, sharing the gospel, shining his light. And that's what we did yesterday. And I don't know about you, but it's it's always a struggle. It's never easy. I never feel like, oh, we got this. There's always things that come up, things that I'm trying to prepare, that, and, you, and you feel like this, uh, it could be spiritual warfare probably. Um, it could be your own flesh you're dealing with. It never is easy, but I always experience God's blessing after serving him and I hope that you who are serving did those who prayed those who couldn't be here but were a part of it um, because you're part of the body I hope you experience that blessing because it just reminded me that we come to the table with our five loaves and two fish or yep. is that the right yeah. is it two loaves yeah, and five fish five loaves two fish we, we come to God with our just little offering and he turns it into something big and I don't feel adequate most of the time. Just, you know, that, that's normal. But God is faithful when we show up and he works through us. I was telling someone yesterday, it's not about like talent or giftings so much as availability. If we're available and we step out, we see God work. And I was also reminded that there might be things, maybe it's not a festival of hope, maybe it's sharing your faith with your neighbor, or like praying for somebody, or in your work. Like all those things take a little bit of courage to step out and do it. And the festival of hope for me is that thing that takes courage. It's never easy. But people are praying for me, people are encouraging me, cheering me on. We have such a great cloud of witnesses when we step out behind you, behind us, cheering us on. And it's just be about the Father's business. Like that's what the Father's business is, sharing the good news, sharing the love of Christ. So I hope it doesn't just end with the festival, that you find a place in the body where you can be a part of the Father's business. And I hope you find that. Mm. So I was encouraged yesterday that we were a part of the Father's business. That's a great feeling great place to be hmm. so anybody else have a, a little something they want to add to this you're gonna to have to be brief uh, because I still have like a two-hour Bible study prepared <laughs> for you actually it's a little bit shorter but who wants to start mine isn't a story it's a thank you for my food tent team for all the guys and girls who are running to supply everything that craft tent and the other people who were working just run and get them water and get them whatever they needed so 
Thank you to everyone who helped me out to serve all of you. Mm. Who else here? Over here. Oh, one more thing. It was really hard to tell everybody, we're closed, go see the show. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get a big curtain just to cover everything and that, that'll do it. have a prayer request. Um, Bethany and I were stationed where you welcome people and we were almost five hours with the police officer that was there. Uh -huh. His name is Aaron. He's getting married in two weeks. Oh, he lives wow. in West Warwick and he heard a lot of testimony yesterday from us. So pray for Aaron. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, when I said to Aaron, wow, you know, this is looking really good and I think it was like a lot a lot more people than last year. And uh, he said, yeah, I'm, I'm shocked, he said to me. So who else? Uh, so the, uh, my job is to say hi to everybody. <laughs> so it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. <laughs> and uh, so I talked to a heck of a lot of people, but the most the, by far the most blessed thing I did was uh, during the time that the uh, puppet show was going on, there was a gal that was very um, anxious, uh, you know, just she was disheveled and uh, she was uh, trying to talk to Norman. Um, and uh, But she had a little boy, three and a half years old, and um, so I saw a need there, and I ended up being the babysitter for the little boy mm. so that Norman could talk to her and mm. to help her with what she was going through. Mm. Do you, do you, uh, are you available? Um. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I pickle them and give them lots of sugar and give them back. <laughs> okay, never mind. Never mind, Larry. Go back. Forget it. So it started out as a slow day at the prayer tent, uh, between 12 and 3, maybe two people, tops. But something happened during the stage e e events. Uh, several people started walking over, and some had questions and, and whatnot. And then I thought some just wanted to get a chair, but it turns out they had other things that they wanted to, to talk about. It was actually getting a little bit like chaotic, and then, as you heard, Larry stepped in and helped out. But then through the whole rest of the day, there was a steady stream of people coming. Hmm. And some had questions, some told stories. There were people that talked about everything from organ transplants to power prayer, how it got them through, uh, cancer treatments, and all kinds of things. And then, and then a lot of people came and just, again, were asking questions and telling stories and asking for prayer. And, uh, something changed. It was just incredible that during those stage events, it was a total mm. 180. Mm, sweet. That's awesome. I have 100 stories, but I'll only share four, so Pastor Rich doesn't have a fit. So I was at the craft tent yesterday, and uh, we had a great time. A lot of us um, doing just a lot of good work there. And the craft this year was... Strictly the gospel, you know, it went from Jesus being the light of the world 
to his bloodshed, us having new life, the whole gospel, plain and simple, which was awesome. Just want to give a shout out to Miss Paula. Um, a lot of you probably didn't see the preparation that goes into these crafts that we have, but she does an amazing, amazing job um, in preparing these things. And, and for those that have helped her as well, thank you. Um, but we had a couple of great crafts. And so two stories. Um, I had um, a mom and a little girl come to me, and as each one came, I have to get a little. I wanted to get a little history, see what they knew, what they didn't know, if they went to church. And so, um, the little girl, I asked, "Do you know who Jesus is?" And she said, "No." And her mom said, "Well, she doesn't know yet. We just started going to church three weeks ago." And I said, "Oh." So we talked about that. We did the craft, and then I said to the mom, um, "How did you start going to church three weeks ago?" And she said. My mom, she said, my mom, my mom affected me. My, watching my mom's life in Jesus, I, there's a power there. And I said to her, that's how I came to Jesus. My mom affected me, her life, and the power of the work of Jesus in her life mm. made me realize, wow, there's got to be something to this. Um, and then, um, so we chatted a little bit, encouraged, and they went on. And then a little while later, another little girl came to me, and I said, do you go to church? And she said, no. I said, okay. So you try to start telling, asking questions, see what they know, the history. And she knew all about Jesus. And I said, and what he did on the cross. And I said, well, how do you know this if you don't go to church? She said, my mom tells me. I said, oh, awesome. And she looked at me and she said, I love Jesus so much. And I said, me too. I'm like, awesome, you know. So she went on her way. And then this little boy came, about maybe 12, 11, 12 years old later, toward the end of the day, and he came to the craft tent by mistake. He, <laughs> and he happened to come to where I was. So he said, where do I get my prize? I said, well, I said, you get your prize over there. I said, but hang out here for a couple of minutes. So we started chatting, and I was like, do you know Jesus? Nope, nope, and everything. So I started giving him the gospel, and every, he's like this the whole entire time. And then he finally looks at me, and he says, uh, this has been about 10 minutes. This is way too long. I just want my prize. I said, okay, buddy, well, short and sweet. This is what Jesus did for you on the cross and went through it very quickly with him, and he went and left and got his little prize. So I'm um, going to be praying for that little boy that the seeds planted because he was not interested at all, but that was okay. We got the seeds planted. Um, quickly, on Friday, I had to come and learn the craft a little bit, you know, get familiar with the craft, and as I was leaving, I noticed on the side of the um, parking lot, there was a car parked there. And there was a woman who got out of the car, and she was smoking a cigarette. And she was kind of walking around like she was nervous or something. And so as I was driving out, I said to myself, you should go check on her. And I said, no, I don't want to go check. I don't, I don't, I don't want to. Nope, nope, nope. And so, <laughs> you know, you know when you know, you know, you got to do something. And so I was right at the place to drive out, and I'm like, okay, fine, I'll go check on her. <laughs> so <laughs> that's my talking to God, because he's saying, go, 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 and I'm saying, no, 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 I don't want to. And so anyway, I went over, and I said, are you okay? And she said, oh, yeah, I'm okay. I, she said, I just, I don't like smoking cigarettes in my car, so I just wanted to get out and smoke a cigarette. I said, okay. And she said, you know, I thought this was a safe place to do that. And I was like, safe place. Church is a safe place. And I said to her, yeah, this is a safe place. I said, this is a church. And we're getting ready to have a big festival of life tomorrow. And, you know, we talked a little bit and she smiled and I went on my way. But um, it just made me think church is a safe place. Come as you are. 
Come to be strengthened if you're a Christian. Come to be healed if you're um, having problems. Come to get to know Jesus if you don't know him. It's a safe place to come. And it really hit me when she said that. So I appreciated, I appreciated that, having that opportunity. And it was just a good lesson for me. So. We have time for one more. Anybody else? Going, going, gone. Oh, I didn't get it. Oh, I almost got it in time. Oh, man. Well, she... Oh, thank you. Thank you. Last, last year, for me, it was a catastrophe. But everybody thought I did good. I mean, I start that place on fire and everything. I had a real... And I didn't make things the right way and everything. And anyway, so this year... I was really nervous, and all all week I prayed. You know, I, said, I don't think I can do this. You know, and uh, hold up the mic, Bruce. We can't hear you. And I got up Saturday morning. I was doing my devotions, and I said, "I said, God, I don't think I can do this." You know, and, and He spoke to me, and He says, "Do you know who I am?" <laughs> and you know, it was like a peace just came right over me. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing this. My father is. But like you said, I know other people were watching, everybody. I was over there working, and everything was going so smooth. I never, I, the day went by so fast. But I looked over at the tent, and I saw this young woman that you were talking about. I'm pretty sure it was, because I asked Larry if she had dark hair. And I'm sitting there, and I'm, I said, that woman is seeking God. She wants to know something. And I started praying. I was praying for her. And I'm saying, there's other people around, staff around looking, and they're seeing that same thing. And there was prayer going on in that whole place. There was, at the end of the thing, I asked Rich, I said, we didn't have as many people as we did last year, did we? And she goes, we had more. And I didn't even feel this. I mean, it was a, a really good time. Mm, awesome. Thank you for working so hard yesterday. Yeah. I didn't work. Clam cake's great. There's a clam cakes and prayer. <laughs> That's how that works, huh? So um, the last thing I want to say is, yeah, uh, thank you to Justin. He, you know, he spends a lot of time doing it, but but Paula, she spends even more time. She started, I don't know how long ago, months ago, working on this stuff and like. I'd pass her in the house, and like, she was just, her mind was focused on this. She just really gets into this stuff, and that's why, you know. But I tell you what, um, it's the whole package that makes it work. And, you know, maybe, maybe you're not giving, you know, uh, uh, the five, you know, the four uh, spiritual laws at the, you know, at this tent or at the this particular game or whatever but they all work together you see and then and then when these kids sit down and do these crafts they think I'm just doing a craft no they are hearing the gospel clearly and then when we have our halftime thing uh, you know it it's it's a clear message and and thanks to Zeke but we threw him in on the deep end here and uh, he did great and you know so uh, you know it's it's a it's a team effort, you know. We all do something different. That's why the Bible says, you know, some of us are 
our arms, some of us our legs, some of us our mouths, you know, we, we, we all have a different gift. Let's open our Bibles, uh, Psalm 62, we're going to start there. We got a bunch of stuff to cover in the next, uh, I don't know, however much time you, you let me have. Psalm 62. Just stay there for a minute. We're going to get to that. But uh, we call it the Festival of Hope. And for me, every year, it's kind of like a refocusing, rethinking about this idea of hope. This idea of hope. And, and, for, and, and I knew weeks ago I wanted to talk about the power of hope. The power of hope. That, that hope can change us. Hope changes our outlook. When we experience hope, uh, something happens. Now, when you look at the definition of hope, you know, when you think about the definition of hope, the first thing I think that the, the common idea is it's kind of a wishful thinking. That's kind of, that's what hope. I hope, you know, you're sitting there thinking, I hope that he doesn't go on longer than about 20 minutes or maybe 15. You know, that's wishful thinking. That's what I want you to know. But the Bible has this idea of hope is way, way different, way bigger, way deeper, way stronger than that. It, it's, it's an expectation. When you, when you look up the, the, the definition of these words in your blue letter Bible, you'll see in the, in the Hebrew words for hope and in the Greek words for hope, the, the, the first word that comes up is expectation, and the second one is confidence. We kind of say this confident expectation, but they're really two words, expectation and confidence. And, and this word confidence means to, to have faith, right? To have belief, this word uh, confidence, expectation. The power of hope. The power of hope. I want, to, I want to talk about it and think about it. I, read the, I found this quote. It said, hope is powerful. Hope is one thing we all desperately need. Hope is a positive expectation that something good is going to happen. Hope dares us to believe. Hope is a vision for better days that changes us in the present. It's a vision for better days that changes us for the present. Hope is something that can like lift our heads. You know when your head is hanging down, when things are dark, when things look really bad? There's something about hope that can, that can lift us up. So, you know, I like to ask questions. Well, where, where do we find hope? I, I, you know, the first answer is Washington, D.C., right? <laughs> our hope is found in Washington. Well, no, absolutely not. We already know that's not the case. That doesn't mean we don't pray for them and we, we do our, everything we can to. And, and we vote. That's very important that we vote. I was talking to uh, someone yesterday and, and, and they were finding that so many people just don't vote, vote because they don't think there's a, there is any hope. Well, voting is something we need to do. Anyways, that's another subject. Do you find your hope at Harbor One Bank? I do, we have our bank account there, and, you know, they, they don't inspire me all that much. They don't really lift me up. How about if, if it's some person, you know, some person that you think, you know, and you really, you really just kind of hope that they're going to have some answers for you. 
Hope that they're going to be able to, to change things for you. Maybe it's some philosophy or some relationship. If I only had a relationship with this kind of person or that kind of person or a, you know, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, then things would all change and things would all be lifted up. I want to say today that that's not, that's not where we find hope. That's not where hope comes from. Hope comes from God. God can give us hope, and it's like a, a light that's turned on. I don't know if you have you ever ex- experienced that where, where, you know, things you were just like so burdened down, and then, and then some thought or some verse, you know, of hope comes into your uh, spirit, and you're just kind of like you're lifted up. There's just something happens. Has that ever, any of you ever experienced that? That's the hope of God through the Holy Spirit doing a work there. This hope that, that, you know, that things will get better. This hope that, you know, that God is still working. It's an expectation that God is still working, that Romans 8.28 is still in effect, and it will always be in effect. And what does Romans 8.28 say? All things work together for good to those who love God. God is going to work things out. You see, there's some some hope in that. There's some expectation that it's not always going to be just the way that it is right now. We kind of get stuck in the the present, right? We get stuck in how I feel right now. But but there's no hope in that. So Psalm 62, verse 5, is what I pointed you to and. It says, find rest, O my soul, in God alone. He says, my hope, in some translations say, expectation comes from him. My hope, my expectation comes from him. I was thinking about this word, expectation. Expectation. That, that is kind of a strong word, isn't it? This expectation, it's not just a wishful thinking, but it's an expectation. But I don't think it's too strong of a word if it's something that's promised in the Scripture. We can expect it. We can have our expectation and find hope if it's something that God has given to us, promised to us in His Word. We always go back to the scripture, don't we? That's where we start. That's where we finish. That's where we always point to. It's not some philosophy that we have. It's what God has told us in his word. And, and I say it to you over and over, and you get, it's like the broken record. Are you reading the word of God for yourself? I was driving by West Bay Christian Academy today on my way here, and there was a bunch of boxes out on the front of the street. And you know me, I had to pull over to find out what was in those boxes, right? If it's on the street, if it's free, it's for me. So I pull over and I look and there's some other junk out there. You know about this, Val. Amy, did you know they were going to put stuff out on the street? Okay. Did you know I was going to stop? There's a bunch of boxes of books, but there was a box full of these Bibles, NIV Bibles, just the same one we have here. So 
I hope it's okay, but I took that whole box and brought it here. There's a bunch of stacks of them in the back. And why I'm saying that is because if you don't have one, we'll just take one right now. No, not right now. At the end. No one's even going to know they're, they're about this big. They're beautiful. If you don't have a Bible, take it. You know, we don't even care if you take one of the blue ones, too, actually. We have uh, uh, cases of those. Take one home. Put your name in the front of it. That's my story for today. God's promises in his word, he promises to provide for us. I was reading in Genesis, you know, uh, where, where Isaac, uh, excuse me, uh, Abraham was taking his son Isaac up to the mountain, right? And God said to him, take, take Isaac and sacrifice him. And Abraham, he said, I'll, I'll do it because you say it, but it wasn't, I'm sure it wasn't an easy thing. But he got up there, and, and the scripture tells us that, that he was ready to do it, and God said, no, wait, stop. But it says in, the, in that section, it says, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. And, and, you know, when Isaac said to his dad, he said, Dad, we, we're going up to sacrifice. There's no sacrifice. We got no animal like and, God, and Abraham said, God will provide himself the sacrifice. And that's what Jesus was. He provided himself for us. But the point is that God has promised to provide. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. God has promised to be with us in trouble, Psalm 46, 10, right? In the, in the midst of trouble, he will be with us. He's, he's promised, I already mentioned in Romans 8, 28, he's promised to work all things together for good. This is a promise. The, the promises of God are, are for you and I to hold on to, grab a hold of, and have what we call expectation or hope. He promises to lead us. He promises to give us wisdom. He promises to save all those who trust in him. And he promises to take us home to heaven. He said, I go to prepare a place for you, and when I'm going to come back and take you to be with me where I am. I'm, I'm, I've got a place prepared for you. Is it a mansion? Who knows? Is it a room? It doesn't matter. It's going to be there. And he's got a place for you. He's got a place for me. The Word of God gives us the answers. You're in the Psalms already, and that's why I wanted you to turn there. Let's look at a few more verses. How about Psalm 25? We sang it today. I love this psalm, and, and uh, Psalm 25, look at verses 4 and 5. He says there, Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you. Where? In you. All day long. All day long. That's where the hope is. It's in Him. It's not in the world around us. It's not in your paycheck. It's not in the things that you have. It's not even in the people that are around you or are not around you. It's in Him. All day long. Long. Look at uh, Psalm 31. These are all kind of close together. Psalm 31, verse 24. Psalm 31, verse 24. 
He says, be strong and take heart. And this version says, all you who hope in the Lord, be strong. Justin talked about, you know, being courageous. Be strong and courageous, God said to Joshua. Be strong and take heart, he says here. All you who hope in the Lord. Where, where do we find any strength? It's, it's, it's hoping in the Lord. Look at Psalm 33. Turn the page to, to Psalm 33, verse 22. We're only you know, looking at a few of the verses in the Bible. There are so many that talk about the hope that God has for us. Look at verse 22. May your unfailing love rest upon us, O Lord, even as we put our hope in you. May your unfailing love rest upon us, O Lord, even as we put our hope in you. One more in the psalm, Psalm 42. 42. Psalm 42 and 43 kind of have a a similar theme. But the, you know, this is kind of important these verses, and, and, and you could read the whole psalm, but, but the psalmist is kind of speaking to himself. And he was in a bad place. And, he, and even as I was thinking about this concept of the power of hope and, and, and the, 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 the definition that we kind of use sometimes as confident expectation, I was thinking, you know, sometimes I'm not so confident in my expectation. Are you ever that way? Sometimes, you know, we're supposed to have hope and, 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 and the power of hope, but sometimes I'm just not there. I'm just having a, a real hard time with it, a real struggle with it. And I think that's what was happening with the psalmist. And he repeats it over and over. But look in verse, uh, verse 11, the end of Psalm 42. He says to himself, Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? And he says to himself, Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Sometimes we need to to tell ourselves where where are we looking and and kind of have a little, little reality check, a little spirit check. Put your hope in God. He's talking to himself. You know, I know there's this thing, you know, about self-talk and all that. We're always talking to ourselves kind of all day long and that. But this is very specific and this is very pointed. When we get to those places, it says, why are you so downcast? Why are you so disturbed? Why am I going through this? Don't you know? And it's kind of like what, what Bruce uh, shared testimony about where, where you know, you're, you're looking at yourself and, 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 and God says, do you even know who I am? Put your hope in me, he says. It changes everything. That's the light of the world. That's when the light comes on. That's when the light comes in the darkness. It doesn't necessarily change our circumstances, does it? It doesn't necessarily change maybe even how we feel, but there's something that we can hold on to. And when, when we're not so confident, there's some verses in Hebrews, I didn't uh, include them today, where it talks about us holding on to the hope that we have. 
grabbing a hold of it and, and holding on to it so that nothing would, would take it away from us. The world wants you to say, you know, forget about it. Even earlier, you know, there in verse 10 of Psalm 42, you know, my bones suffer mortal, mortal agony. My foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? The enemy's saying that, you know, you, you got no hope, you got nothing. You know how on, on our uh, overheads we have something called the door of hope? Remember that? You see it. You, 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 maybe you notice it. Maybe you didn't notice it. But I think one of the most incredible scriptures found in that little book of Hosea, I'll put it on the screen. Actually, this was supposed to be earlier about Romans 15 where it says the, in the endurance encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. But Hosea chapter 2, God says, there I will give her back her vineyards and will make the valley of Achor a door of hope. There she will sing as in the days of her youth, as in the day she came up out of Egypt. Now, I don't know if you know what the valley of Achor is, but basically that word Achor means trouble. And he says there, he says that, that I will make the valley of trouble a door of hope. You see, God can change things. That's, that's why this verse is like so incredible to me. God takes something that is so bad, the trouble, this valley that you and I are in so often, and he can turn it around and make it a door of hope. Psalm 84, it talks about, you know, they, they, you know, they make it a place of springs. And God can take something that looks so bad. If we are looking to him, if we are pointing to him, pointing our hearts to him, saying, look, we, we need, you know, we're not getting anywhere here on our own. So we need to look where he is. He can make the valley of Achor a door of hope. And not only that, but we can sing again. We can sing again just like the day we came up out of Egypt. Let's turn to the book of Romans. I want a few verses here before we finish this. Romans chapter 5. We're going to look at just a, a couple of passages in Romans. Romans chapter 5. You know, for... For us, when we get to these places, we have choices. We have choices. Where are we going to look? Where are we going to turn? I, I, I remember times when, you know, early, you know, in my Christian life, I would say, you know, I would be, get to this place where I was just really messed up. Things were not going right. And I would, I would want to call somebody, call a friend. And then they wouldn't answer. And things, you know, they just, it just, and I found and I, and I realized after that happened, you know, through my life and, and a number of times that God wanted me to go directly to him. And God wanted me to open his word. And, and time after time after time, uh, he, 
you know, something in the scripture was that thing that, that brought that spark of hope, that, that light that opened my eyes, that, that gave me some kind of hope. The Psalms are incredible. I, you know, if you don't know where to turn, just turn to the Psalms and you will find something there. The Psalms are so, uh, you know, full of, of just uh, human, human nature and, and, and the things that we feel and things that we face. We can turn, like I said, we got choices. We can turn, we can look to people, uh, you know, our society. We look to substances to, to take it away, make it go away. Well, if I just take this pill or if I drink this, you know, it's going to make it all go away. If I just do this activity, if, if I do that, it's going to make it all go away. But, but really, it doesn't. It might temporarily. But the true thing is to, to look to the Lord. Romans chapter 5, Paul tells us that the path to hope sometimes is difficult. The path to hope is sometimes difficult. Look at in verses 3 through 5, Romans chapter 5. He says, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. That's a hard one. But he explains it. He says, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. There's this thing that, that comes out of the sufferings and, and the persevering and then the character and the hope. And look what he says in verse 5, and hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love in, into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. This is something about the ex, this word expectation. Because if our hope is in God, we're not going to be disappointed. We put our hope in people and in things and in substances and all these things. We're going to be disappointed. But the hope that we put in Him, He says hope will not disappoint us. We're not going to have to find that disappointment. Back one chapter, this is the last one, chapter 4. I've talked about Abraham already but look at chapter 4 verse 17 Abraham is kind of like the example for us of faith he's the father of faith the father of the faithful says in verse 16 he's the father of us all but look at verse 17 it says as it is written I have made you a father of many nations when, when God said that to Abraham, what was his situation? He was hopeless. He didn't, he didn't have any children. He's going to make, make you a father of many nations. He didn't even have any kids. How is, he, how is this going to possibly happen? And, and sometimes you and I are in these situations where it seems hopeless. How could anything good happen? Ephesians, it says, you know, that people without God, it says they're without hope and without God in the world. But that is not you or I as, as believers. But look what it says. It says, verse uh, 19. Oh, excuse me, where am I? He said, He is our Father in the sight of God in whom He believed. The God... 
who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. That's an incredible phrase right there, isn't it? The God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. Verse 18. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. I think about that verse, and I, and I have that underlined. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. When it looks completely hopeless, when, when there is no hope, he said, Abraham in hope believed. That's what God can do. He's the God who gives life to the dead, who calls things that are not as though they were. So you and I as believers, as children of the Almighty God, we have hope. We have expectation that God is going to do it. That God is going to work. That God is going to turn things around. And, and he's the only one that, that can. As I said earlier, and our hope is higher, it's bigger, it's stronger, it's brighter than any hope that this world has. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's a verse to memorize, you know. That's a verse to remember. May the God of hope fill you. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is really the avenue of hope for us. These things uh, in Romans 15 says these things were written for us as examples that, that, that to show us that through the scriptures we could have hope. And so we've looked at a bunch of, of, your, of your scripture, your word, Lord, and, and I pray and I hope that it has maybe brought some even here in this room today some hope, some expectation that you are still the almighty God and you can turn something around that looks completely dead and give it life. God, help us to, to, to look away from ourselves, from our circumstances, and, and to look to you, God. It's always the same. It, it never changes. That's, our hope is in you all day long, all day long, all lifelong, all situation. Father, I pray for any here today. Maybe you're, maybe you're here today and you're, you're, you're just facing stuff and you just, just don't have it. I, I pray that by God's Holy Spirit, you would, you would know that light. And, and may, maybe it's just a weak light, maybe just a flicker, but, and maybe it's only temporary, but he'll get you through. He will. He will. He promises to.
Lord, you know us. You know that we're just like dust. And we need you. We need you every hour, Lord. We need you. Be with your people. May this be truly, and, and that's where we have it, a door of hope. This place that where, as we heard earlier, a safe place where people can come here and find some hope because it sure isn't out in the world. Make us people of hope to share the hope that you give to us. I pray for any here this morning as we close to who've never, you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ who gave his life. He died on a cross for you. He, he, he died for your sin, for my sin, and, and all he asks you to do is invite him in. He was buried on the third day. He rose again to offer you life. Ask him in right now. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all stand and sing together, shall we?